Sport continuously provides its audience with powerfully emotional, healing, and influential moments. And nearly always, these moments are remembered alongside the calls from the broadcasters lucky enough to be behind the microphone the minute the amazing happens. But what makes them unforgettable stretches far beyond the 30-second clip in which it's captured. This is Golden Tones, a podcast. It's late November, and even in a year like this one that has flipped schedules upside down, it's not baseball season. But I haven't been able to get this moment out of my head. Now over nine years ago, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Texas Rangers battled in one of the best World Series games in Major League Baseball history. Roll the tape. Freeze leading it off. Crowd in a frenzy. 3-2, a swing and a high fly ball. Center field. It is gone! David Freeze, who tied it in the ninth, wins it in the 11th. In one of the most remarkable, improbable baseball games you will ever see. And there's going to be baseball here in St. Louis. Game seven tomorrow night. That's Dan Schulman, who at the time was calling his first World Series for ESPN Radio. And on the night of October 27, 2011, the Cardinals and Rangers played Game 6 of the World Series in St. Louis. The game ended on David Freeze's walk-off home run in the 11th inning, as you just heard. But this game took more twists and turns than a cheap garden hose. So how did we get to the bottom of the 11th inning? Well, first of all, the Texas Rangers, one year after losing in the World Series to the San Francisco Giants, fought their way back to the Fall Classic, searching for their first title. The Cardinals won Game 1 3-2, but the Rangers tied the series with a 2-1 win in Game 2, thanks to two runs in the top of the ninth inning. St. Louis took a 2-1 series lead with a 16-7 win in Game 3, led by Albert Pujols' 5-for-6 night with two singles, three home runs, four runs scored, and six RBIs. He became just the third player to ever hit three home runs in a single playoff game. Pablo Sandoval has since become the fourth to do so, joining Pujols, Babe Ruth, who did it twice, and Reggie Jackson. Texas stifled the Cardinals' bats in games 4 and 5, though, limiting St. Louis to just two runs in the two games combined. The Rangers won game 4, 4-0, and game 5, 4-2, to earn a 3-2 advantage as the series shifted back to Missouri. Game 6 was postponed from October 26th to the 27th due to rain. Perhaps the extra day of rest helped each team's offense, because the Cardinals and Rangers combined for 19 runs, 28 hits, and 6 home runs. Texas scored first, pushing one run across in the top of the first inning. Lance Berkman gave St. Louis the lead in the bottom half of the inning with a two-run home run. Then the Rangers evened the scoring with a single run in the top of the second frame. And that would be the theme of the game, short-lived leads. The third inning was the only inning of the game that did not feature at least one run scored. Both teams scored in the fourth, and Texas took the lead in the fifth. Then the Cardinals tied it in the sixth, only to allow three Ranger runs on the top of the seventh. St. Louis scored one in the bottom of the eighth, and therefore needed to score twice in the bottom of the ninth to extend their season. With one out, Albert Pujols, in what very well could have been his final at-bat as a Cardinal, doubled off Neftali Feliz. Lance Berkman then drew a walk. With runners on first and second and one out, Feliz struck out Alan Craig. Enter David Freeze, who committed an error earlier in the game that cost his team a run. 
Down to his team's final strike, Freeze lined Feliz's 1-2 pitch over the head of a leaping Nelson Cruz in right field. The ball bounced off the fence and rolled back towards the infield. Pujols and Berkman scored on Freeze's game-tying and season-saving triple. The Rangers kept Freeze from scoring to send the game to the 10th inning, tied at 7. The Rangers kept Freeze from scoring to send the game to the 10th inning, tied at 7. Then, after an Elvis Andrews single, Josh Hamilton, the reigning American League MVP, hit a home run to once again give Texas a two-run lead. In the bottom of the 10th inning, the Cardinals again needed two runs to extend their season. Daniel Descalso and John Jay singled consecutively to begin another rally. Without any position players left, pitcher Kyle Loesch bunted and moved the runners to second and third. Ryan Terrio then grounded out, driving in Descalso to bring St. Louis within one run. Texas decided to walk Pujols intentionally, which brought Berkman to the plate. The Cardinals were again down to their final strike when Berkman fell behind one ball and two strikes. He worked the count even and then singled to center field, scoring Jay and tying game six at nine. Freeze and Berkman became the third and fourth players in World Series history to get game-tying hits with their team one out from elimination, and they came in consecutive innings. St. Louis couldn't end the game with the 10th, and Texas didn't push any runs across in the top of the 11th inning. Then in the bottom half, Freeze opened up the inning. Freeze leading it off, crowd in a frenzy. 3-2, a swing and a high fly ball, center field, it is gone! David Freeze, who tied it in the ninth, wins it in the 11th in one of the most remarkable, improbable baseball games you will ever see. And there's going to be baseball here in St. Louis, Game 7, tomorrow night. Again, that's Dan Schulman calling his first World Series for ESPN Radio. Freeze's heroics helped the Cardinals become not only the first team to come back from deficits in both the ninth and 10th innings of a World Series game, but also the first team to score in the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th innings of a World Series game. And Shulman starts this call with a quick setup. He's mentioned the score earlier, so he leads into the next pitch by quickly mentioning that Freeze is leading off and that the count is full. In fact, Shulman's mention of the 3-2 count actually comes just after the crack of the bat. He's just a bit behind the action here, because generally it's better to announce that a pitch is coming as the pitcher is in the middle of his motion. Perhaps Shulman's mention of the St. Louis crowd being in a frenzy is what pushed him off schedule for just a moment, but he did catch up quickly, and more on that later. But I enjoy Shulman's decision to describe the crowd. First of all, in moments like this, even before Free swung the bat, the crowd, the scene, the noise, it's also incredibly important. We've talked on here before about how valuable it is for broadcasters to take a step back and let the fans come through on the air. We've discussed that in relation to a highlight play, such as Michigan State's win thanks to Michigan's mishandled punt in Episode 1. But here, when Shulman mentions that the crowd is in a frenzy, it's before the next play, before the potential highlight. In the moment, it serves as good secondary information in a broadcast. It gives the listeners an idea of the atmosphere of Bush Stadium, and I think it also serves as a reminder of the craziness that has ensued over the last number of innings. Despite the fact that Freeze is leading off the inning, and a large play isn't necessarily imminent, which of course is wrong, but I mean that there isn't a runner in scoring position or the like, the crowd is still reeling and hasn't calmed down. 
All that comes through in Shulman's mention of the crowd in a frenzy. I think it also ends up serving as a bit of foreshadowing for what is about to happen. Obviously, Shulman had no way of knowing that Freeze would end the game on the next pitch. Perhaps he had a wild prediction that came true, but he didn't know. But Shulman mentioning the crowd being in a frenzy in that moment makes me think as a listener, oh, wow, if this is what the crowd sounds like right now, imagine what they would sound like if the Cardinals actually win this game. What if they win this series? The listener, of course, would find out soon. But listen again to just the beginning of this call, and note how, potentially, because of his mention of the crowd, he's a split second behind as the pitch comes in. Although, given what happens next, it's not an issue. Freeze leading it off. Crowd in a frenzy. 3-2. Again, you can hear the crack of the bat just as Shulman begins saying the count. So as a starting point in this highlight, he's just a smidge behind. But Shulman quickly makes up ground as the ball sails towards deep center field. Swing it Center field, it is gone! These next couple of points work hand in hand, but first of all, it's clear that Shulman's tone shifts here. He began the call with a sort of nervous yet anticipatory energy, as if he's patiently waiting for more insanity in St. Louis. But as the ball leaves Freeze's bat, Shulman's tone becomes, one, more excited, and two, more measured. You can tell that Shulman, as he tracks the ball, is timing his words so he can declare that it's a home run at the exact second the ball lands over the fence. He's able to do this by immediately identifying the ball's path through the air. He sees Hamilton, the center fielder, move back towards the track and knows this is a walk-off home run. As a result, he, likely subconsciously, chooses his home run call. Whether he says home run, gone, out of here, or any other variation, and makes sure he says it at the second it's confirmed. No earlier, no later. Listen again to this portion of Shulman's highlight, and keep an ear out for how quickly Shulman identifies the home run, how he times his words with the flight of the ball, and screams gone at the same second as the Bush Stadium crowd loses their collective mind. Swing it a high fly ball, center field, it is gone! I'm not sure there's a better example of a broadcaster reacting at the same moment as the crowd than this. I can't help but be amazed by how perfectly Shulman timed his call with the flight of the ball off Freeze's bat. And this has been apparent in every episode so far, but this highlight in particular is really making me miss full crowds at sporting events. Hopefully we will be back to that soon. Shulman obviously correctly identified Freeze's hit as a home run, but it's still a bit of a risk to do it that early. Could you imagine if after Shulman began pacing himself and preparing for the big reveal, only to have the ball bounce off the wall or worse, to have Hamilton somehow make the catch? I'm sure that Shulman would have recovered well, but it would still be a frustrating moment for any broadcaster. In fact, just two innings earlier on the Freeze game-tying triple, you could tell that Shulman wasn't 100% certain if the ball got over Cruz's head, if it cleared the fence, or if it was caught. Had Cruz caught the ball to end the series, perhaps Shulman wouldn't have been thrilled with his call because of just a moment of uncertainty. But that was not the case here in the 11th inning. He knew immediately, and as a result, the call benefited. And suddenly, his starting point, a fraction of a second behind the action, was gone. Shulman then pauses for a few seconds before continuing the call as Bush Stadium descends into chaos. David Freeze! who tied it in the ninth, wins it in the 11th. 
As we talked about earlier, it's important for broadcasters to let the crowd fill certain moments, and Shulman did that here. Maybe he also needed a bit of a breather, because I've watched and listened to a number of Dan Shulman broadcasts, and I'm not sure I've ever heard him get as loud as he did here, and of course it's well worth it. Or perhaps he needed a moment to gather his thoughts and fully comprehend what he just witnessed while also preparing for what to say next. It's likely he paused just to let the crowd fill the ears of the listeners for a few moments, but it's certainly possible the pause served multiple purposes, and it definitely could have helped Shulman too. After the pause, though, he got back to it. Just as he did by mentioning that the crowd was in a frenzy before the pitch, Shulman reminds us of the craziness that has transpired in this game by telling us that Freeze tied the game in the ninth before, of course, now winning it in the 11th. Obviously, actually saying it is what matters, and Shulman did that, but you can also feel the incredulousness in his voice, especially in the way his baritone voice churns out the words tied and wins. Listen again here and see if you can draw a comparison between Shulman's tone and what those in the stands must be feeling. David Freeze, who tied it in the ninth, wins it in the 11th. In this moment, Shulman is reacting like many fans and observers are. He really is having a hard time believing what he just saw. Sometimes, rather than trying to succinctly describe the indescribable, it might be better just to tell the listeners that what has transpired is, well, indescribable. And that's what Shulman did next. In one of the most remarkable, improbable baseball games you will ever see. Shulman's description is appropriate. It's argued and believed by many that Game 6 of the 2011 World Series is one of, if not the greatest baseball games of all time, considering the stakes. Later, post-game analysis will help bring that to light and put the Cardinals' multiple comebacks into perspective, but a play-by-play -play broadcaster doesn't immediately have time for that kind of discussion. So, Shulman, when tasked with contextualizing this moment, has to think quickly and spit it out quickly. And he did that. And I'm not sure that this was purposeful, but Shulman's remarkable, improbable comment reminds me of another great moment in World Series history. Here's a portion of Vin Scully's call of Kirk Gibson's walk-off home run in Game 1 of the 1988 Fall Classic for the Dodgers. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. These two calls are certainly different, and there are only a limited number of synonyms for improbable, but whether or not that was a conscious decision by Shulman, and by the way, I'd guess it was not, this does still work as an homage to Scully, who will be remembered for years to come for calling moments similar to the one Shulman called on this October night. Gibson's and Freeze's walk-off homers were improbable for different reasons, but they were still both home runs that won World Series games, a rare occurrence. Maybe Scully's call of that home run will be the subject of a future episode, but for now I'll just say it is, of course, a magnificent call. And any broadcaster, regardless of experience, would be well served to attempt to follow Vin's example. Anyway, back to Shulman and the Cardinals. He's now, as best as he can in the short few seconds he has, touched on the significance of Freeze's hit as it relates solely to Game 6. And while this specific moment is what this series will be remembered for, Shulman hasn't yet explained to the audience what it means for the Cardinals, Rangers, and baseball as a whole. 
Of course, it's pretty obvious what it means for those paying close attention to the game, but for the casual listener, they might not remember that this was Game 6 or that the Rangers were ahead in the series. Who knows? And as a broadcaster, you cannot assume your entire audience is automatically aware of everything. So, as a result, Shulman then announces how Freeze's home run affects the future of the World Series. And there's going to be baseball here in St. Louis, Game 7, tomorrow night. I feel like I can hear the baseball fan in Shulman poking through a lot here, and I love it. As he says that there will be more baseball, it's almost as if the fan in him is celebrating. Not necessarily because the Cardinals won or the Rangers lost. After all, Shulman is broadcasting for ESPN, a national outlet, and has no affiliation with either team. And by the way, he does a great job being unbiased, but more so because he gets to return to Bush Stadium tomorrow and call at least nine more innings of baseball this season. I enjoy hearing a broadcaster's love for the game bleed through, and it certainly is bleeding through here. And then, as Shulman wraps up the call, telling the audience that Game 7 will take place tomorrow night, I think I can hear a cautionary tone in his voice. Not cautionary in the sense that anyone is in any danger, but cautionary in the sense that Game 7, if Game 6 is any indicator, will likely not be for the faint of heart. It's almost as if he's telling the ESPN audience, if you thought this one was fun, buckle up, because we're doing it all again tomorrow in a winner-take-all game. And with how well Showman nailed this call, I can fully understand why he'd be excited to put on the headset one more time and call a Game 7 to wrap up his first-ever World Series. One more time, here's how David Fries' walk-off home run in the 11th inning of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series sounded on ESPN Radio. Fries leading it off, crowd in a frenzy. 3-2, a swing and a high fly ball, center field, it is gone! David Fries, who tied it in the 9th, wins it in the 11th. In one of the most remarkable, improbable baseball games you will ever see. And there's going to be baseball here in St. Louis, Game 7, tomorrow night. New episodes of Golden Tones drop each Tuesday. Do you have a call or highlight you think I should feature in a future episode? Let me know on Twitter, at Golden Tones Pod. You can also visit anchor.fm backslash Golden Tones.